everybody. Welcome to the Rude Horror Podcast, episode 83. I'm your host, Marcus Rude, and today we're going to be talking about the line. And what is the line? Well, we're going to find out what the line is, and we're also going to be talking about the VHS video game board Nightmare, also known as Atmosphere, with one of the creators of the game, Brett Clements. This is Brett's first interview in 25 years about the game. Uh, so this is a pretty cool opportunity for me to, to be able to sit here and chat with Brett. Uh, this interview was conducted on New Year's Eve. So um, about roughly a month ago is when I did the interview. And... Uh, He did want me to share with everyone that he will not be a part of the 30th anniversary of Nightmare, uh, the Kickstarter for it, so he will not be a part of it, but uh, he does talk about what he has going on currently, and uh, I think it's worth checking out this episode, because uh, he is still working on uh, a video game in the realm of Nightmare, so uh just stick around and uh w- without further ado let's just get right into uh, my interview that i had with brett clements hello i'm here with the creative director of the horror video board game atmosphere also known as nightmare mr brett clements welcome to the show Mister, that's a cool title, isn't it? Sure is. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Marcus. Hey, no problem. I, I, you know, I, like I've said before, like uh, b- before we uh, started talking, you know, I'm, I'm just really glad that uh, you're able to come on the show and, and be able to talk about Nightmare and, and uh, you know, some of the other stuff that you have going on. Well, I, I think this is this is probably the first interview I've done in twenty five years. I um, I haven't talked about it since then, since ninety five. Wow, wow! So this is this is very cool uh, for me, and then you know I'm sure this is really cool for the listeners to hear because you gotta thank your wife for that. <laughs> yes, yes, I do thank her for that. Because <laughs> when yeah, when she told me that she had talked to you, I was like, what? Really? You messaged him? And, you know. Yeah, well, I, 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 I saw I saw the Kickstarter campaign, um, and um, that was interesting. So I, that's what kind of reintroduced me. I mean, I, like, I've, I've never really left Atmosphere Nightmare. I left it as a business, but I haven't really left it. Um, I won't say emotionally. Um, I'll say creatively. I have never left it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't. When, when something you create, it's kind of a part of you, so you can't really leave it. You can't carry that monkey around. It's a good right, word right. <laughs> I was a big fan of Robbie Williams. Um, you know, I was like, yeah, me and my monkey. Right, right. Yeah, you can't, it, it's something you just can't shake off. Like, it, it's a part of you. In no, a you, it is a part of you, yeah, yeah. But um, as I was saying to you earlier, um, you know, nightmare atmosphere. It's not. It's a really fine line between the occult, or 
the occult and 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 horror and fun horror and and nightmares schlock horror yes um, um i'm not jewish but it's 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 schlock horror it's it, it it pokes fun at the occult and you've got to stay on the right side of the line right right yeah you don't want to drift too far off into you know where you get into like the occult type stuff no sure. um and as i said as i said to you um i had a i lived in a in, a, in an apartment in in freshwater in in new south wales um it's on the beach and um i renovated this apartment and i um i, I put wood I, I paneled it in wood um and over the course of my time with Nightmare, skulls burnt into the walls. And, and it was interesting that skulls burnt in because when we first sold Nightmare, um, we did so using skulls that were airbrushed into clouds in Canada, in Toronto. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So, like, these skulls that were burnt into the walls, like, were they... They came out. They came out. I, you they, know, I, I really think, I honestly totally believe, Marcus, that I was getting far too close to the line. Oh, wow. So these things, like, you have nothing to do with these skulls coming out of the walls. They were just no, doing it on their own. No. Yeah, they were burning. They were burning through. I, I could see them everywhere. Uh, I, I sold the apartment. Um, I left. Uh, it was that profound. It was, like, really distinct. Wow. Over the course of six years, you could see them in the wood patterns, but they were burning through. Um, and and when we sold Nightmare into Canada, um, we we met with a man called Tom Vernon, who was actually the guy that discovered Trivial Pursuit. So he mm. he found Trivial Pursuit. Those guys had invented it on the on a pizza box in a train. They used to catch a train and play play Trivial Pursuit on a pizza box and. Hmm. Um, he had a whole warehouse full of Trivial Pursuit, but he acted out very slowly because he didn't want to flood the market. And and uh, Tom Vernon, his name was, lovely man. And uh, and he he bought the game in Canada. Well, he bought the rights to it. And um, he walked me through this warehouse and he said, Brett, uh, what, at one stage, this whole warehouse was full of Trivial Pursuit. But I, I and I was getting orders for the thousands every day but i only gave them six games because i really wanted to starve the market and um he he licensed nightmare in toronto or in canada and he said if if we sell over fifty thousand games and i think he licensed it well we licensed it in october he said if we sell fifty thousand games by december you're going to be a smash hit in america and uh, we sold 75,000 games, but he died of cancer uh, before the New York Toy Fair. So we, mm. um, we, we, we lost America. Oh, yeah, that's unfortunate. It's interesting. So, you know, it, it kind of seems like uh, something, I, I don't know, like something, I want to say like uh, the game is cursed or anything, but it just kind of seems like there's something there. That you oh man, we had, we, we, we had two we had two shots in America. There was there was the Chieftain Games shot, 
And when Tom died, um, you know, with him died obviously all these contacts um, of America. I remember I was in the New York Toy Fair in, um, uh, I think it was a couple of months after his death, and and Target, the buyer from Target walked in and, and said, you know, where's, where's Chieftain? And Chieftain wasn't there. And um, I think uh, a quarter of a million units walked out the door. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then, and then with Atmosphere, we, we uh, had another crack at it. And um, the chief buyer from Mattel uh, was involved in the Baby Bell scandal and went to jail. Oh. So that was the second show. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's just kind of bad luck, hey, really. That's, that, that's called not meant to be. <laughs> but, you know, I remember standing in the snow in, um, in Toronto and I was, I was worth 12 million bucks. Oh, wow. A lot of you money. know, you don't forget. You don't forget that. But then again, and then and then and then four months later, I was broke. Oh wow! What happened? Well, Tom died, so chief, uh -oh. that chieftain deal, which was twelve million US minimum guarantee, you know, went out the window. Oh right, right. Oh gosh, yeah, that had to have so, been a heartbreaking <laughs> moment for you. Yeah, um, was it, it was more heartbreaking that Tom died. Mm -hmm. Than the loss of twelve million bucks. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, for sure. And that's that's the interesting part of life, Marcus. From the perspective of of a cancer survivor, you can't see life any differently. Right. Yeah, you can't put a price on life. No. So, so um, as I said, clean slate. What do you want to know? Well, uh. You know, we, we, we kind of already talked a little bit about Nightmare, but, uh, you know, maybe before we dive a little bit more into Nightmare, uh, I'd like to know, like, you know, what got you into the horror genre? Because, I mean, you obviously like the Mate. horror genre in some way. Well, well, well Philip Tanner and I were, were, were filmmakers. We met on a kid's show called Wonderworld. And, um, and back in those days, which was, you know, the, the early 90s, you had to audition for the show and you had to be good otherwise you wouldn't get a job it's not like the internet where you can just be famous um you know you had to you had to go and audition and get a gig on tv which was kind of, kind of hard so philip and i met on wonderworld and um we 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 did um a board game called dare together and um philip wanted to get into horror like, you know, we wanted to make a movie together. And mm. and he said, now, schlock horror is is the cheapest, fastest way to get a game up. Oh, sorry, to get a movie up. And I'd actually had a, um, a box top sitting on my desk for a year called Nightmare. Uh, I wanted to do a horror game. I really wanted to do a horror game. But I, I, I didn't know how to scare people because... Yeah, it was a board game. How do you scare people? Um, I mean, it's a inanimate object. So I, I, it, the 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 box top sat there for literally a year on my desk, hmm. and I I just couldn't I, I couldn't breathe life into it. I just didn't have a concept for it. And I was at the gym one day, and um, um, the thought occurred to me that we were filmmakers, so we could do a video and put the video 
into the board game, and 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 like it's really funny when you when you, you know, you're creative obviously, and your audience is creative. When you have a rush of creativity, it kind of like you know you, you go from A to Z very fast, <laughs> like it's wool. <laughs> um, right, right. It, it, I, I don't know whether it comes. I, I don't think it comes from us. I think it comes from somewhere else. Um, but I went from A to Z real quick. Like, oh, I'm going to have a host, um, and he's going to give the game or the players directions, and the players are going to follow those directions because they're playing a game. And when you play a game, you play by the rules. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we just beat the palms at cricket, LBW, eleven before wicket. You know, so you play by the rules. And right, I right. knew that. Like in that one nanosecond, I knew that I, you know, I could, I could do it, and um, that, that's that that's how it started. I rang Philip. I walked out of the gym. I think I was doing a bench press. And I said, "Mate, I'll meet you in the office. I've I've got a great idea." And um, and Phil came into the office, and and that's where that that's where it was hatched. Wow, that's how it started. Yeah, very. Does cool. that make sense? Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, if I hadn't been a filmmaker, I wouldn't have known how to make a film. So, you know, the, the creativity is, is very much an essence of, I think, who you are, who you are. Mm -hmm. So, like, being, like, a filmmaker really played, like, almost like a big part into uh, developing atmosphere, kind of well, intertwining. A, yeah, like... A, by by filmmaker, I mean I was a I was a Wonderworld reporter. So if you if you were in Australia in the eighties and nineties, you knew Wonderworld. It was a, it was a kid show, but we shot on um, reversal film. Um, so we we learned all the disciplines of filmmaking. So mm -hmm. I, I had enough information and knowledge to know what to do. Otherwise, right. I don't think it would have happened. Wow, oh, that, well, that's cool. Um, yeah. You know, like uh, Atmosphere or Nightmare uh, is one of those games where it, there's really there's really nothing like it. I mean, there was like VHS mystery games like Clue and, and whatnot, but like as far as like a, a real true kind of like horror, creepy atmosphere, uh, you know, literally... Um, you know, Nightmare is, is kind of like a one-of-a-kind game. And to this day, I think it's a really unique game to play. Um, I mean, I know we're in, in COVID era of times where uh, it's hard to kind of be close to people in, in a, you know, in a small area. But, I mean, it's, it is a fun game to, uh, you know, to, to get people around that agree in like a similar... Uh, or you know, or or wanting to wanting to play a game like this, and uh, you know, to this day, my my family we still play it. We love playing it, and uh, it's it's just it's so much fun. As I said to you, it it bumps up on that line. You know, you have the movie Scream. Um, um, it bumps up against that line, and. That line is where the magic is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of like one of those like meta type games, right? 
Well, again, it's, it's, it's back to the line. You've got to stay on the right side of it because if you cross the line, you're fucked. <laughs> mm. I think Khufu crossed the line. I, I, I didn't write Khufu. Um, I left Cowboys in 95. And, and, and Philip had another right to do Khufu. And, uh, you know, I haven't had anything to do with the game since 1995. But, uh, you know, I think Khufu crossed the line. Mm-hmm. I, have you seen it? Uh, I haven't seen, like, the, the Khufu one. Yeah. I, you know, he, Philip got another writer in, and I think... Um, I think Khufu crossed the line. I mean, Khufu was really an an emperor of Egypt. And um, in my mind, he'd sold out and uh, had become a Pepsi salesman. Hmm. So, you know, it, 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 if you had billboard advertising in ancient Egypt, what would that have looked like? So so Nightmare always bumps that line, or in my mind, always bumps the line. You don't, you don't cross the line. Yeah, so like I, I've only uh, actually played like Nightmare 1 and 2. I've never really played the other expansions because they're... Yeah, there was Baron Samedi, which was two. Um, I mean, if you look at the Baron Samedi ad, he comes out of a graveyard, and that graveyard was really comic-y. I mean, like, we really tried to get close to comics. That was, um, I suppose that was our DNA, comics. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. If you look at all of Nightmare, it's, it's, it's more of a comic than it is any other genre i think uh, nightmare is a comic yeah and this kind of seems like over time uh things evolve and don't stay the same as far as how they look you know like watching yeah the video. Like a, it's a, you know it's it's a really interesting discussion um it, it's it's how to remain timeless and i think timeless is simplicity and quality yeah yeah, I can, I can um, agree to that. We, we like, in the 90s, we could not compete with Hollywood in Australia. We just, you know, there's no, there's no way. There's no way you could even compete with it now. I mean, you look at the work that, say, a filmmaker like James Cameron's doing with, that, you know, with Avatar and that 360-degree green screen shit. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way, as two filmmakers in Neutral Bay in Sydney, we could even come close to the shit that Hollywood does. So... We were limited to a head, and and prosthetic makeup. Yeah. So, well, that's where it came from. Well, and I think, uh, I and I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but like, when when Auntie, when Nanti, when Nanti Nozzle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought he, you know, did a terrific job playing uh, multiple characters. Brilliant. Brilliant. Like you know, one well, Nanti did. Um, the gatekeeper and Baron Samedi. And, you know, Wenati's a brilliant Shakespearean actor. Brilliant. Yes. Um, you know, like, I've always said Wenati's 50, was 50% of the game, maybe more. Um, you know, he was just weird. But he, <laughs> he, 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 a, a great weird. Um, you, you know, like, it was right. a, it was a, it was an honor to work with him because, um, he always imagined himself, he said to me once, he said, I, I imagine myself up in the corner of the ceiling, Brett, and I'm looking down at the player. And, and he put himself in that space. Hmm. And great actors, great actors do that. 
Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I mean, uh, you know, we, we, Nightmare would not have been a success without Wanati. Yeah, I, yeah. I From just being, you know, a person that played the game, uh, yeah, he definitely brought another, like, level of... Uh, he was Nightmare. He was yeah, Nightmare. And, so, yeah. and, and, and you had to do what he said. He, he was, <laughs> yeah. Or else he'd <laughs> he, be punished. <laughs> he was... You know, there was a, a lot of legal battles afterwards, you know, it's... um. It's funny, you know, when you know success changes people. Um, but he was the game. He was the game. For sure, for sure. He he was and, the one that and pulled all the is, strings. He he is the gatekeeper. I mean, and you can't you can't replace Wanati as the gatekeeper. Uh, he he's he he was the real deal. Right, right. Uh, has uh, you know, uh, I don't want to jump all over the place, but like. I know that you're working like on a prequel to the game. Uh, would you yeah. maybe consider trying to get him back some, you know, somehow oh, look, back we're, into the game? We've we've had talks, but um, you know, the new economy is digital, and um, you know, I I haven't been able to reach an agreement with Wenanti on on the use of his voice. Mm. Um. And I've written a new character anyway, so um, and and the immediacy of the internet and characters like you know like with it with uh, I, I you know Adobe puppets, um, and, and the fact you know you and I can communicate now across the world using right. microphones and a, and a and a computer, um, you know that really opens your mind. So I've kind of been exploring. Um, you know, people want to talk to characters now, and um, I've sort of like been been dabbling in that world where you know, the personality of a character you can retain and 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 take it to the public in in that world of immediacy. Does that make sense? Yeah, like it does make sense. Like. I can hit your Facebook account now and I can know who you are. So I can I can talk to you. I know your fears. I know your loves. I know your likes. So using that metadata um, to play a game is what I'm really into. Interesting. Yeah, you, you try to really <laughs> grasp the, the real fears of people is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I know you. I mean, I, I I can find out who you are in an hour. You know, hit your Facebook account, <laughs> go through your feeds, um, and I, you know, I I can find out who you are, and I can fuck with you. <laughs> well, thanks, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> well, you asked, you know, but I think you know, fuck with you in a good way. I mean, you're playing right, a yeah. game, so it's not, you know, I'm not some fucking weirdo. I, I I was watching a, a Netflix series the other day, and I found out apparently uh, the uh, the golden age of serial killers was was in the eighties. Really, <laughs> I don't know how we got there, but yeah. <laughs> but you know, like I don't have to ask your number or your age. I know how old you are. So I think using that metadata in a in a fun game, um, not an occult game, is is where it's at. Right, something so that's, that, that that's multi- what I've been, that's all what I've been working on. Can enjoy. Yeah, just a you know, sending a um a gram 
to somebody saying happy birthday. Um, I, I've tested this. I've sent it out on mobile phones. Um, I've written a character called the Shape Shifter. Oh, yeah, the Shifter. He's based on a shape shifter, but he's called a shape shifter. He's called Uncle Shrift, and oh. um, he just fucks with people. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> what, and what, he, what and he can turn into a lizard. Uh, that's the prequel. Oh, okay. So this is for the prequel. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Well, I couldn't. I, I I couldn't write about nightmare atmosphere because of my agreement, but there was nothing stopping me going back in time. Mm-hmm. So I I went back in time to where those characters came from. Oh, really cool. So like, uh, are you going to have like multiple characters, or are you going to have like kind of like one main character uh, calling the no, shots? No, there's, there's there's multiple characters. There's um. I mean, if you look at if you look at Nightmare and Atmosphere, and you really look at it, um, it as I said, it's it's schlock horror. So it came from an amusement park. Yeah, that's where it came from. And then if you if you logically untangle that, um, and I was talking to a couple of ardent fans the other night, and and one of them got it. He went right. That's you know he, he saw the zipper. In a, in in a character, right? Because it's a costume. Mm-hmm. When you get that, you get the whole thing, and then that that opens up an entirely new world. Yeah, I I don't know if, if you... I quite entirely get it. Okay, okay. So Nightmare Atmosphere was set in an amusement park, and it happens in a dark ride or a ghost train. So all those characters, um, are played by by people. Oh, okay. I think I get it now. So, um, yeah. So, with these newer characters you're going to make, they're going to be, you know, nothing quite like, uh, you know, from the previous game, uh, Nightmare Atmosphere. It's going to be totally different characters, totally new characters. Well, they're all, they're like, they're all the same characters. I mean, a werewolf is a werewolf, whether you call it Gavordan or Sikkim Rex. Um, it's still a wolf being played by a person. And I mean, that right. if you look at, if you look at horror throughout the ages, all the horror movies, all these, all these characters are still played by people. Yes. Yes. So nothing's changed. Um, so that's kind of where it all comes from. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's like they're, they're all carnies. All right. All right. And, I yeah. Can, I can get uh, behind that. I think. Yeah, and then you know, it's ultimately a simulation game. <laughs> if that makes any sense whatsoever, I mean, yeah, you, you you can do that with a video game today. You couldn't do it with a board game twenty five years ago. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's not going to be like a. I mean, it would probably have to be like a turn based game still, right? Man, I'm still agonising over that. I mean, I've been drawing it for. You know, six years, um, and uh, I've been really agonising over whether it's a turn-based game. Because when you get into into computer games or video games, um, it's a lot deeper than a board game. I mean, you really, you know, got to explore it. Um, when you explore the concept of a digital dice and moving in an X, it's a, I mean, it's two D. The game I've written is obviously a two D game, so you're you're using the X Y axis 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're talking about gravity and oh, thousands of elements that you'd never even have to consider in a board game. Like, it really is a, a completely different world. So that's where I've been for six years. I'm, I'm getting close to it. So um, I was... Uh, I was agonizing over how they how players move the other day you know do they move with arrow keys or do they move by dice and i kind of decided that it should be both you know they can move by arrow keys in an rpg world or they can move by dice in a board game world so it's it, it's got all of that <laughs> okay gonna kind of incorporate yeah both the best of both worlds well well the thing is if you use a digital dice then you can get into a role-playing scenario with a networked audience you know like yeah. your turn you have your go i then i have my go and we're determined and, and, and the move we make is determined by that number i roll six you roll nine um but the really interesting thing about taking the philosophy of a board game into a digital world is the stone you land on can become interactive. Mm. And that, that opens up an entirely different world of gameplay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because um, then you can just you know, go off anywhere. So that's where I've been. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, that sounds interesting. Um, you know, w would you make this like, uh, you know, if this is obviously going to be like a digital type uh, game, uh, is it going to be like online, uh, you know, to, like is it going to be like an online type game to where you can actually communicate with the people uh, that you're playing with? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got, um, I've written 10... 10 worlds and an animated series um and, and animated series wow yeah well they kind of blend together so um um when you when you're on chemo for 12 months uh you don't have a lot to do so i um one of the things i did was draw and go into that imagination world which um helped me deal with the chemo mm -hmm. wow if that makes sense yeah 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 for yeah. sure so yeah, wow. This this is actually uh, pretty cool to hear. You know, I'm I'm just a a fan of the you know original Nightmare atmosphere, but it's just really cool to hear that you're planning on expanding in different type of ways rather than you know the, the well, board game that we got 25 years ago. I walked away from the game in 90, 1995. You know, I went to America to see if I could you know be successful over there as a film director and i wasn't quite good enough i mean I, I directed ads and shit but i wasn't you know being a successful film director out of los angeles is wow you know that's um that that that, that demands commitment that i didn't have but yeah that's where i went so coming back and, and picking up a pencil again in in 2016 it's um it's been interesting for sure yeah uh you know is, is there any more that that you could talk about uh uh the 
this prequel that you that you're working on is this going to be something that you see to be released uh in like the next five years or or sooner or what are your plans for you know um the 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 the, the really the the difference between a board game and a video game as in a computer digital game is you've really got to dive into all the possibilities of a video game and and to do it right it's really hard um it's the hardest thing i've ever done just why it's taken me six years and probably only now and so it's all about being in the right time at the right place um you know do i release it under the nightmare atmosphere brand name which it should be it should be done under or do i go it alone um that's the burning question and i'm yeah. still talking to philip you know at, literally in the last 48 hours about whether i i do write the law of i mean he wants me to write or he's asked me or suggested that i write the law of the game on on the kickstarter campaign and um the quandary I am in is if I go there, I have to go there. Mm -hmm. And that means facing that line again. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's going to be a tough decision. Well, I don't think it'd be a tough decision. If I go there, I'll go there. You know? um, so that won't be a tough decision. It's just whether the opportunity is right. And it's got to be right for the players or the fans. Um, you know, you, you, you can't fake a fan. Mm -hmm. Those, the you know the the real fans of Nightmare Atmosphere, are, they're totally incredible people. I've heard stories. Um, I was speaking to someone the other night, and he said, "Thank you for all my friends." And when he was, you know, he didn't have any friends before Nightmare, and and Nightmare gave him a whole circle of friends, and mm -hmm. that's you know, incredibly humbling. Right. Yeah. And probably the greatest rich riches of all that you know that you've actually managed or through what you've created you've given someone friends. Like fuck. Loneliness is the greatest enemy of mankind and that's just the greatest rich I think. To to know that something you wrote gave somebody friends. Yeah, yeah, that's that's incredible. It's, it's it's awesome. I mean, if we all did that as humanity, it'd be a hell of a better planet. Right, yeah. Yeah, you know, as, as, as much as, like, the game can be, like, a, a dark, creepy, atmospheric game, uh, it but still it's brings not. people and, and close together. But, Marcus, that's the whole conversation. It's not. It's bumping up against that line. Um, I suppose... You know, going into this interview, you really didn't expect to talk about the line between good and evil and cancer. Um, but Nightmare is all of that and more. And it's about finding friends. It's crazy. But what I think when it comes from a good place, that's what happens. Yeah. Does that make any sense to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does make sense. It's probably not what you expected. No, no. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't, uh, you know, expect this to start off the show, <laughs> uh, 
you know, discussing the good or evil parts of, uh, of this, but, uh, you know, it, 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 it's reality in a way too. Well, um, we all live, breathe, walk and talk. So it all comes from somewhere, doesn't it? Um, and, and, you know, nightmare is, 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 is schlock horror. And, and, you know, the challenge was always don't cross the fucking line. Right. Because when you cross, when you cross the line, you will find evil. Yes. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that hole for you to fall into. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm digging myself a hole here. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's really real. As I said, those skulls did burn into the wall. And I think that was because I was, I was coming close to it. Hmm. No, but it's true. It, it's actually, it, 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 that was real. Or for, for, at least for me, that was real. Your, your audience might go, nah. But for me, there's a definite line. And, and the beauty and the drama and the fun of Nightmare is in not crossing that line, staying on the right side of that line. Right. And that's the difficulty. And that's why I left, because I was starting to cross the line. Yeah, it, I don't know. Like, I mean, we, we play it uh, just to have fun and, and as like a, you know, we have like a 13-year-old daughter that uh, we introduced the game to as well. And, and she thought it was cool and and fun because, you know, you want to try to get to the, the end of the game before you know, time is up and it almost gives you like an adrenaline rush, you know, because you want... Well, there's a, there's a heartbeat in the soundtrack. I don't know whether you know, probably no one knows this, but there's a um, a heartbeat in the music track and mm. um, it steps up every 10 minutes and your your heart will sink to it. Yeah. So um, every every 10 minutes, that heartbeat gets a one beat, one or two beats faster. So your heart will sink to it in that 10 minutes. So in the next 10 minutes, we'll step it up again. So by the last 10 minutes, you're, you're actually running in your heart. You don't know it, but you are. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I can sense that because we've, when we played, I mean, it's, it's been like, in, you know, kind of, you get like that adrenaline rush, like, like you know, hurry yeah. up, hurry up. Like, we need to finish this. Yeah. You know, it's also, you know, we, we tested it. For fucking months, you know, and played the game just on, on speakers. Uh, game players were in the lounge room, and we were using a um, a microphone and speakers to to simulate, you know, the game. So we, we tested it a lot. It's got a lot of gameplay, right? Uh, right, right. But the idea is to step it up. Do you uh, do you ever think that you know? Because there is like. Uh... I want to say like at least four different uh well I should say like three different expansions to the game. Do you ever think like you could see like a, a remaster version of like, you know, having all to all to four... redo it? Like like if um I was talking to Philip the other day and I said, "Look, if if we'd have had access to the technology that we have access to today, um nightmare would have been animated and you know like hand-drawn animation not 
not computer drawn. And so I spent six years drawing, drawing it, or or in on iPads. So I'm just pulling it together now, and and the possibilities there are are totally endless. Yeah, I mean, I I almost think it's it works like just how you know how it was presented on the VHS tape. Like I just I love the whole aesthetic of, uh, you know everything being shot on video and then you have to work with you know a physical board game like i just i love the fact that Look, you know I, you're I, using a physical you know board I, I, and I, dice i i i think there's certainly something there with the physical board and dice and i've drawn out the whole board um and i won't talk any more on that because it's probably it's, it's, it's some intellectual property they have but there's absolutely something between the physical aspect and the digital aspect, and and if I can if I can if I can nail that successfully, and I think I have, uh, you've got the best of both worlds. Right. Well, you know, the, with the technology of like VR, you know, growing, uh, you know, to where I, I you can still interact. I, you know, I'm a filmmaker, and I, you know, there's still a bit of lag in the VR, and I, I think people want to go, uh, I'll call it a passive experience. They just want to go and get entertained. You know, they don't want to have to fucking think. They don't have to walk <laughs> around. Uh, they just want to sit back in a lounge and just get entertained. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I think that's that's important. Right, right. And I, I can understand that. But you know, I guess you know, just being being a fan of of the older games, it is just you know there is something there, of you know the actual physical part of of playing the game. Well, and, Monopoly hasn't exactly gone out of style, nor has chess. Right, right, exactly. So you know that's what you're talking about. Yes, that's for sure. So do you have like uh, you know, and this is I guess coming back to Nightmare. But do you have a favorite character of of those, you know, of the I guess like the original game? Well, you can't get past the gatekeeper. I mean, I think you know his character is, um, you know, it's, it's pretty irreverent, and and Baron Samidi is is pretty out there. So you know, those two characters, from a male perspective, was where I was having the most fun. Um, uh, you know, Elizabeth Bathory and Anderson Train were getting getting out there a bit, and that's where I think I crossed into those that, those dangerous waters. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if you look yeah. at if you look at those those four characters, the gatekeeper and Baron Smitty we were having fun, and then the witch got a little bit weirder, and by the time we got to Elizabeth Bathory, it was pretty dark. Right, and it was time to get out. It was time to get out for me. Yeah, you know, and she, you know, she was based on a, a real life person. Yeah. yeah. So I could definitely see how things could get a little, uh, you know, almost get into that line Man, there. It's that line. I mean, with the Soul Rangers and atmosphere, um, the Soul Rangers again went back to the pure fantasy. Um, so there was no danger there. But 
with those other characters, um, you know, like you're definitely plumbing some wells of evil there. And, and, and you can't not. And that's where it gets scary. Right. And and that's, that, that's what takes a, a real toll on you as a writer. Like, you know, you, you it fucked me up. I could probably imagine that because you probably had to do a lot of research on those well, characters you've got to get into, and people. You've got to get into the character and you've got to write them. And, um, I mean, like, I was I was in that world for, fuck, um, about five years. Oh, wow. And it, 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 it fucks with you. It, it, it can't not fuck with you. And, and that's what I talk about the line. Um... It's a really hard place to live. And I find in 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 illustrating it by hand and, and by comics, I suppose, you, you stay on the right side of the line. And I think everybody that draws and knows what I'm talking about here will appreciate what I've just said. You know, when you're when you're drawing, it's humanity. So you stay on the right side of the line. Don't cross the line. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Well, if you if you want an, an interview about the game, then, you know, it's it's not just employing some schlock writers to... Well, not schlock writers, but not, not employing a writer. I mean, this, is come, this comes out of your soul. So, um, you, you, you're giving something of yourself to people. And if you're giving something of yourself for real then it gets pretty it gets pretty interesting yeah for sure so i you know i i know that you spent a lot of time working on uh on the the prequel to nightmare atmosphere but uh you know do you watch a lot of like horror films uh when you're not working no. like, uh, no. not at all not at all no oh, okay no um i'm just a um I actually believe I'm just a lightning rod. Okay. So it doesn't come from me. I just transfer stuff into the physical world. I'm a bit like a, um, a channel creatively, if that makes any sense at all. Again, all this, all this shit, Marcus, is probably what you'd never expect. I don't know what you expected, but um, that's... um. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I sit down, and you, and when you when you confront a blank piece of paper, and every writer will know this, um, you're scared. You're scared of failing, because you've got to commit. And as an artist, you've got to commit. So, in those pen strokes or those key strokes, is a commitment, and you're putting something of yourself into the real world to be judged. So that's where. You know, the scary shit is. Like, you know, is it going to work? Are people going to like it? I even asked a fan last night, is my artwork good enough? I've been drawing for, you know, like in 40 years, and I'm still asking people, am I good enough? That's the human condition. Yeah. It's, it's something we can't escape. Like, we, we're our no. worst critics. Yeah. We're our own we're worst critics. Yeah. So that, that's, you know, that's the humanity in it is wonderful. I think. Yeah. That's what makes us 
different to machines and that's why they'll never be able to replicate us exactly uh, you know so like with nightmare like you did a lot of like the writing of the game uh did you have any like background on like actually like the filming part or did you just do like the writing and the you know the no, drawing I, I, concepts I, I i i wrote nightmare um so i wrote the, the whole game out and all the time cards and the fate cards and i i, I wrote the whole game um mm. you know the time cards when they intersect you know and you get people screaming you know they're, they're a really important part of the, of the game so you know you had to imagine yourself at 59 minutes not well, 49 minutes um if someone screamed what would you do so i wrote the whole game and um i um i art directed it so i, I drew everything out for the for the for the artists and um i directed it because i'm a film director so i could direct Wanati. so um you know we spent a lot of time working on words in the studio but it was just a a, a, basically a headshot so we had we had a lot of time to perfect how we talk and, <laughs> and you know what what he would say uh, yeah so yeah. yeah yeah wow yeah this 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 has been an incredible man and uh you know i, I appreciate you taking time talking for sure um you know with well, i might do it again for a while <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, uh, does it make sense to you? Like any of that? Like that's where it came from. Like, what do you mean? Like, uh, well, I'm, I'm just curious about like, you know, when you look at nightmare and the line, uh, you know, the lot that you got to stay on the right side of the line. Um, you know, that's really important shit. Yeah, I mean, like, when I when I play the game, um, you know, it, you you really want to do like what like you know for say the uh, the gatekeeper says, or else he's gonna punish you, and uh, you know you're you're not no no one wants to be punished and and banish you to the black hole like that's just a place that nobody I think wants to go to. And, you know, you basically want to serve, you want to finish the game to where you survive. Like you want, you want to keep living is what I get from it. And, and that's a whole other ball of wax, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, because if you look at, if you look at this world, from an artistic perspective, it's a fucking puppet show, Marcus. Yeah, that really is. And maybe going to the black hole is 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 probably a good option. We're all going there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's something eventually, yes. none of us none of, none of us can escape. So um, it's uh, I think Nightmare brushes up against it in a fun way. Yes, I, I not agree. A bad, not, not a bad way, you know. Like, if you if you look at the film genre um, and real horror films, then The Exorcist is probably the beginning of real horror films. That was our, you know, that was our beginning 
I, I, I can't think of a scarier film before The Exorcist. No, I think, yeah, I, I think that was probably the one that really... Kicked really, it off. Yeah, really kicked it off. Yeah. And, and that's the line. You know, like, what side of that line do you stay on? Um, yeah, yeah, that's... That's that that that's a challenge. I think, yeah, it, it's uh, you know, it, it, it plays with the the fear of the unknown. We don't know what's on the other side. Uh I do. I think there is. I think there is real evil in this world, and uh, well, well, there absolutely is real evil in this world. And it's it's the choice you make though uh, on that line. Do I stay on the good side of the line, or do I cross over? And I think Nightmare bumps right up against it. Yeah. And that's the fun part. And, yeah, that's what, uh, that's what I really think. It bumps up it bumps up against it. And staying on the right side of anything takes, you know, takes a lot of, a lot of doing. Yeah, for sure. Because it's, it's all about, uh, you know, you have a choice. You know, you, you, have, you have a choice. Do you, do you stay on the right line or... Or you know, on the right side, or do you cross the line and and enter the you know the well, evil side of things? Skulls came through those walls, and um, you know there was a period in my life where um, you know I got sucked over to that dark side, and and I wasn't I, I didn't like myself. Hmm. Oh, I won't say I wake up. I woke up because I didn't really go to sleep, but it was um, after a uh, a night of vodka and hookers that I kind of figured that I was probably on the wrong side of that line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> it's true, dude. There's a line there, and that's you know that's that's the battle. Um, right, I mean, and that's why I le- that's why I left. I see. I see. There's a line there, and you know you, you 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 bump up against it, and then you cross it. When you cross it, then um, you cross it. So that's why I left. Wow, well, yeah, this is some powerful stuff, <laughs> Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you were expecting. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But that's you know, as I said, that's why I haven't talked about it in twenty five years. Um, you know, I, I went there, dude, and I made mistakes, and um, I paid dearly. Yeah. So so what what makes you want to come back then, you know, if you're working on some the newer stuff? Um, <clears throat> honestly, honestly, what makes me want to come back? Um, I haven't finished it. Um, that's, it. That, that's the right answer. You know, I, I haven't finished it, and I need to finish it. Um, it's like a song that's not written in your head. Um, mm-hmm. I had to. I had to walk away, otherwise it would have destroyed me. Um, it's 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 that. It's that powerful. Um, you know, you talk about money and fame and and all that sort of shit. Um, and the and the nexus of that is very is where it all happens. Uh, I, I I couldn't do it anymore, so I walked away. Um, and I, I literally didn't pick up a pencil again until 2016. November 2016, I started drawing again um, because I was ready to go back in there because I'm, I'm strong enough now to know the line. 
where, and where that line is. And I, I want to stay on the right side of the line. And I think it's, um, you know, Nightmare's got so many ardent fans. And when you talk to them, you know, they, it really means a lot to them. And that means a lot to me. I mm -hmm. mean, I'm a very humble man these days. I mean, cancer does tend to do that to you. Um, but I need to finish it. It's not, it's not finished, and I'd like to finish it. For sure. Well, you know, as, as a fan of Nightmare, I, I, I look forward to seeing what you come up with next. And, you know. Oh, we'll... It's all done, dude. I'm just, I'm, I'm just drawing it. <laughs> all right. I didn't, awesome. I didn't come up with it. It's all done. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, and, and I know that you didn't really have anything to do with like the new Kickstarter campaign for doing a 30th year anniversary. No, no, but um, Phil, Philip spoke to me about a year ago and I said, I, you know, I said it was a good, I, you know, I thought it was a good idea. Um, you know, the, the quandary or the challenge for the owners of that trademark is um, how they move it forward. You know, it can, when you've got passion for something, you'll die for it, I suppose. Um, I always say to my clients, I care more about the film I'm making about you than you do. Uh, and providing I've got more care, then I think that's where the secret is. So, you know, I, I, I haven't signed on yet um, to the Kickstarter campaign. I'm, I'm, I'm talking um and i might but i don't know yeah. so as, you know as, as i'm as i'm speaking to you now um i don't know um i don't know right right and, and i don't expect you to say well breaking news i'm gonna you know <laughs> gonna work on it oh, i'm not saying i'm that just I'm, I'm just giving you an honest answer i don't know as of today um whether I will write the law of the gatekeeper uh, and, and the other side, because if I do, um, you know, I'm, I'm just writing as a gun for hire. So my challenge creatively is, do I really write it or do I write it? Because if I really write it, then um, I give them everything. And I don't know whether I really want to do that. Yes, just yet. Right. And right. That's, the, that's the honest answer. Right. Yeah, and that's that's that a perfectly makes good sense. answer. Yeah, totally. And it, and it ain't about money. It's about it's about whether I feel welcome in that creative team and whether they, they respect what I think. Um, and if they don't, then obviously, well, I won't. And I'll, um, you know, in six or eight months, I'll just do it myself on Kickstart. Yeah, for sure. But you, but 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 it will happen. Yes, awesome. Yeah, I uh, I did. I, I didn't back the game because I already have the original game and I got yeah. one of the expansions and then actually I got three versions of the game. But uh, I did get the a new set of dice and uh, the gatekeeper <laughs> coin so that way I can, you know, play uh, with some new new dice on the original games. I don't know who's playing the gatekeeper on Kickstarter, but... I, I don't think they should have gone there. <laughs> right. You think they should have like came with came up with like a different character besides the gatekeeper? Well, I don't think the gatekeeper would really talk on Kickstart, just quietly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. 
you got a point. <laughs> you got. Well, well, Brett, man, I I really appreciate you coming on here and talking about nightmare and and everything else. It's it's been a pleasure, man. Did it give you um? Did it give you any insights? Um, I mean, as far as like you know, not crossing the line, I think you know that really really put yeah. things into perspective yeah. for me. Um, yeah. But uh, I I don't know, like. I mean, we you know we like playing the game, but like uh, <laughs> the game was written by someone, so you uh, now you know where it comes from. Yeah, yeah, it's it. This is uh, I guess maybe the past couple of days has been kind of surreal to me about uh, you know actually talking to the creative person behind Nightmare. Like it's just I don't know. It's been kind of a surreal thing for me. But you know, I, I'm glad I've. You know, I'm I'm honored to really have the chance to be able to talk to you and you know. Man, I'm, I'm honored you gave a shit. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> We're that's that's probably the big takeaway, isn't it? Giving a shit. Yeah. You know, and and I I care enough to, you know, and really like with the horror genre in general. I'm just I'm just a fan of the, of the genre. And Why is that? Why why do you like all that? Uh well for me, like at a young age, I mean, you know, I was terrified of it, you know, as a kid. Like it just scared the shit out of me, but it gave me a sense of adrenaline rush. Like it kinda gave me like it pushed it pushed me to have like an outer body experience in a way. You know? Like it, it it's really hard to pinpoint like, you know, being scared to death of something i don't know um so i guess like that's just it's always just kind of stuck with me as you know some of the things and even like nightmare um my cousins played it when when i was really young and i don't even know if they were actually playing the game but we were just watching the video tape and just just seeing how creepy that the gatekeeper was like it really really kind of scared me i was just like man this guy you know <laughs> he starts but off did just it scare like you or was it approachable horror I'm, i i think it's approach i mean like you know i can scare you like really fucking scare you um but you don't want to go there and that's the again we go back to that line i i think the gatekeeper is on the right side of the line i agree and that's where the magic is you know, that we can we can sit here and talk about it but um you know fuck man the other side of the line that's just where you don't want to go that's where evil lives and and there is real fucking evil in this world right and i i agree like that's why like we don't have like Ouija boards or anything in the house because no fuck that you know. Mate, I I um <laughs> I, I'm I actually wrote a television series a documentary series um it's still in, you know I've shot the pilot and it's called channeling and um uh we use clairvoyance to reach out to dead superstars mm. and um, I filmed the pilot and we were talking we were talking to Marilyn Monroe for a while there um and uh you know that's we we got a Ouija board and um, 
we've we've kept it in storage and we've kept the uh, the mover away from the board as you have to do. So you know, there's there's definitely um, you know, there's definitely it's definitely out there, dude. And you can, and you can go there, and any of us can go there, but you don't want to. Yeah, but it's there. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I I just had another guy on on my podcast. I haven't released the episode yet, but uh he filmed a uh paranormal investigation with uh Kane Hodder who who uh uh he's played uh, Jason a few times in like Friday the 13th movies. Fuck, yeah, right. He'd be right at me. And uh you know, they went to uh Balsam in North Carolina and I guess there is some really heavy uh activity that that's up there and yeah. they investigated uh i forgot the the place but it's like a, a big like hotel and uh you know kane is more of like a, a skeptic kind of person and uh but you know, he didn't want to be a part of it unless like it was a real investigation like no fake stuff anything like that but uh he you know I guess like you know he doesn't really get scared a whole lot or anything but there there's something about that place that um you know there's definitely something there type of type of stuff if you look at the history of the world of course there's something there you know like um even in recent times Pol Pot Adolf Hitler Stalin um you know there's there's real fucking evil there man um, this this happened. This, this shit went down, um, and if you look, there's real evil. There is absolutely real evil in this world, and you've got to stay on that on that line, on the on the right side of the line. So yeah, I can, you know, like, yeah, when you get into those horror films, and I think they cross the line. They go to the other side, and um, that like there's the other side, and there's the other side, and you know you can you can see the damage it does right right yeah i uh i i've watched uh, a couple of documentaries and there's one on shutter of about like cursed films and you know of yeah. course these the films that were uh they were being talked about were of course horror films and what was that famous horror the conjure uh the conjurer the conjuring yeah uh, those were based on stories of. Yeah, that's scared uh, the fuck Lorraine out of me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like you know, they call them fake. It's like, dude, what, you, where they went, you can't fake that shit. No, I mean, sure, like the CGI <laughs> and stuff, like they maybe overfabricated oh, things. That's a film, but you know that that that's that that's Hollywood, but um, you know those people went there. Yeah, you know they don't, they don't come back from that with some sort of golden book fairy tale, um, <laughs> and and even if it was a golden book fairy tale, then congratulations, it was a bloody good golden book fairy tale. But um, you know they experienced it, man. Like that that is there, right? It's like you know, it's like a guy that got abducted by aliens um, and and disappeared for three months and then you know got dropped back in society with a whole lot of scars. Like, think about it. You don't do that stuff. It's like, oh, I'm going to get abducted by aliens today. I'm going to go and disappear for three months and I'll come back. 
don't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> that guy got abducted by aliens um, and, and got experimented on. Yeah. <laughs> that's a real story. Yeah, and that's, that's another one of those things that's like, you know, are, are these people just that crazy to come up with stories like that, or did it no, really happen? No, they're not. That poor fucker got abducted in a forest one night, and then he got dumped back on Earth about three months later. Like, you just don't do that shit, man. <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, like, the... Where are you going to go for Where are you gonna go for three months? Live in a park? Oh, I'm going to go down to the park and, and not eat for three months and cut myself. <laughs> Give me a break. Well, yeah. Yeah, it would definitely be hard to, to do unless, like, you're, like, a true uh, nature sicko. survivalist. <laughs> or a sicko. Mate, they, they, they don't even do that on Naked and Afraid. There's a film crew about 25 feet away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very true. It's funny. So that's, uh, I, you know, I think you should call it the line. I think the interview is the line, Marcus. It's like, there is a line there. Do you cross it or don't you? Makes me definitely not want to cross it. I don't know if I have yet or not. <laughs> I, I think you're probably bumping up against it. Yeah. I, yeah. You'll know what, you'll know when you cross it. <laughs> yeah. I I think maybe I'm testing the waters, but I think I'm I'm right up there. I don't think I'm. Hopefully not crossed it. Well, you know, like, um, there is a line there. Be aware of it. Right. And, and I think I, I think I needed that, uh, reassurance of, Hey man, it's there. <laughs> oh, it's, it's fucking there, Marcus. Don't you worry about that. It's, it is absolutely 100% there. Like, you know right <laughs> it's fucking there yeah yeah i mean yeah this this interview i think is definitely called the line and, uh, <laughs> we're, we're talking about the line with brett clements who has uh worked has been to the other side and you don't want to go there <laughs> <laughs> But he's here to tell us his story. <laughs> oh, that's only half of it, dude. Right, right. Let's save the other half for another time, Marcus. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I, I uh, would definitely like to have you back on at some point and, uh, you know, Let's do catch it. up. So that was the interview that I had with Brett Clements. Again, I just want to say thank you so much, Brett, for taking time to coming on the Root Horror Podcast and talking about Carney Island. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be the title that he's going to be sticking with, but uh, for right now, as far as we know, his newest game that he's working on is Carney Island, uh, a prequel to Nightmare. So I can't wait to, to see more about this. And uh, just recently on uh, an Atmosphere page on Facebook, uh, someone had posted about a prototype game of Nightmare or Atmosphere on the Super Nintendo. And there's some actual gameplay of the game that was never released or finished 
Um, and I think it's really cool. There's YouTube videos of it. Um, and I'll share the link to one of those YouTube videos because I think it's really cool. And uh, I had not known about it at all until recently. So if you guys are fans of Nightmare and weren't aware yourself, uh, I'll put the link in the description of this episode and uh, and check it out. So uh, coming up on the Rude Horror Podcast for February, uh, we're going to be celebrating Women in Horror Month. And I'm going to be having several women in horror on the show to talk about women in horror and uh possibly some of the work that they've done within the horror genre and you know just seeing what they're up to and if they're working on any new stuff and whatnot so should be a fun month to uh to listen to uh, some more great interviews coming up and then yeah that's uh it's gonna be awesome so uh you can find us on facebook and instagram at rude horror podcast or we're on Twitter at RudeHorrorPod. You can email me at RudeHorror at, at gmail.com. Or even check out the website at RudeHorrorPodcast.com. So I just want to say thank you all for listening so much. And stay tuned for the next one.
You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.